0: Live from the capital of the Commonwealth. This is the Sports Huddle with Bob Black on 1061 ESPN. We're also streaming live at espnrichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Call in and talk with Bob anytime at 327 0888. Now, here's Bob Black with the Sports Huddle on 1061 ESPN. Este Uri Ruiz stands in his way.
1: Love you, Bob. Well, again, my producer, listen to me. We didn't play it in the four o'clock hour because we had to give props and credit to coming to America. So in, what do we do at the start of the five o'clock hour? Perfection. And it wasn't John Sterling. It wasn't Michael K. on the Yes Network. It was Ryan Ruco, who we know from uh, Women's College Basketball. He had the call on the Yes Network of Domingo Hermain throwing a perfect game, the 24th perfect game in Major League Baseball history, the fourth Yankee pitcher to do it against the Oakland A's last night, 11 to nothing. Domingo in the list of immortals to throw a perfect game. Congratulations to him and the Yankees as they win it 11 to nothing. You may have heard A.J. the dig to Bob Black because, no, Bob is not in studio tonight. He's at an undisclosed location. I am Sean Robertson from CBS 6 filling in for Bob here on the Thursday edition, the feel-good edition of the sports huddle. And while we are talking about the Yankees and Major League Baseball, of course they're wrapping up their series in Oakland right now. And guess what? The A's got some hits and some runs in this game. They're trailing the Yankees 4-3 in the top of the six. Other games going on, Arizona 6-0 trailing Tampa Bay. The Rays with a 6-0 lead over the D-backs. That's in the top of the fifth. This is getaway Thursday before the weekend series is start. The White Sox lead the Angels 5-4. I want to say Otani. Let me see, oh, looking at the lineup. Otani is in the lineup right now. He's 0-2. With two strikeouts, Mike Trout 0-2 for with a strikeout in the game. Remember a couple days ago he had two home runs and also pitched in the victory. Other games going on uh, coming up later tonight. Marlins in Boston against the Red Sox. The Giants against the Blue Jays. We mentioned A.J. the Mets home to the Brewers. Max Scherzer on the mound. You are calling for a win for the Mets tonight. Is that a guarantee? Uh, no,
2: because the last time I gave guarantees, uh, went
1: the other way. Okay. So Darren Swosky from the kickers guaranteed a victory in our first hour. AJ not going out on a limb for the Mets to win that game. Darren has a lot
2: more control over that guarantee (laughs) than I do with the (laughs) Mets.
1: This is true. This is true. Mets eight games under 500 was a 16 games back of the first place, Atlanta Braves—they are red hot. Speaking of Atlanta, Houston and St. Louis at 7:15. The Cubs and Phillies, 8:05 at Wrigley. The Dodgers taking on the Rockies, 8:40 in Denver. Games that are final: Padres beat Padres lost to the Pirates rather, five to four. Tigers get an eight-five win over Texas, and the old the, the Royals take uh, take down the Guardians by a four-to-three score. So that's uh, the baseball scale scoreboard. As we have it right now, and we also got some more breaking news. You heard it on ESPN Radio. James Harden picked up his thirty-five plus million dollar option, looking now to be traded from Philadelphia, and a couple of teams in the mix: the Clippers and the Knicks, as possible destination spots for James Harden. He's one of those guys I just say stay away from. Just like Kyrie Irving, just stay away, stay away. You're not going to win a championship. With one of those two guys in the lineup. I know Cleveland did it a while ago, but that was a different Kyrie Irving. This Kyrie Irving, nah. Uh, We're hearing rumors about Phoenix possibly getting him. Stay away from him, Phoenix. Stay as far away as possible. You already got Bradley Beal. You already got uh, Devin Booker. You got KD in a trade. Stick with those three. Stick with those three. Surround. The rest of the team amongst them, you do not need a Kyrie Irving in that mix because that means you're going to gut the rest of your roster. And then the question is going to be, who's going to take the back seat? Three of those guys are ball-dominant players. KD is the guy that he can get his shot whenever, he can score whenever. Those other three are ball-dominant players. One of those guys will have to take a back seat and take fewer shots per, per, per game than normal. And I'm not sure Kyrie will be one that says, "Hey, I'm willing to take ten to twelve or fifteen shots as opposed to my twenty-plus shots that I was normally getting." Stay far away. If you're trying to win a championship, stay far away from that.
2: Clippers and Harden deserve each other.
1: That's true, but then who you trade?
2: I don't care. I I just want to see every guy. I want I want Kyrie there in the Clippers. I want Harden. I just want to <laughs> Ben Simmons. Oh, please go Ben
1: Simmons. <laughs> That, well, and that's now the, the final piece in that puzzle. In Brooklyn, is Ben Simmons. It's just that was just it was doomed for disaster to begin with, and now he remains the only one amongst those three that was supposed to be the other big three. Before you know, after James Hart, that's that's that was a mess with Brooklyn, and and the fall guy turned out to be Steve Nash. He lost his job because of that, and it, it just turned out to be just a mess in Brooklyn. And uh, we'll see where James Harden will go to next. Somebody will give him, somebody will get him, and somebody will say we can win a championship with James Harden. I just don't see it happening. I do not see it happening, especially with the fact that he wants to be the guy. He wants to be the number one, two, and three option, and he was not that in Philadelphia. That's the MVP, Joel Embiid. But those two were supposed to be the nice, cohesive unit, and it turned out that wasn't the case. He 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 was a non-factor in Game Seven against uh, against Boston in the Eastern Conference semifinals. So we'll see. Somebody's w-
2: got a quick take about
1: Harden. Oh, he does. What, what's that take?
2: So yeah, like he needs to go to a program where they'll all be comfortable with him being able to come off the bench. Whenever he was at OKC, coming off the bench, but perfect six man. Um, he's gonna take a program a whole lot further. If he can be convinced to to come off the bench again,
1: <laughs> who is going who's going to be that team?
2: I disagree. Maybe the Warriors.
1: Well, they just got Chris Paul, so what? What do you? So that means somebody else got to go. That's either Clay. Uh, Clay is going to probably be the guy because I don't think Draymond's going to come back. He's a free agent. He. Draymond's out of there. I could see him in a Laker uniform. Possibly, Yo, but I, it d- won't happen. But I mean, he is really good friends with LeBron; they're business partners, and I could see it. I just don't think it will happen, given what Rob Palinka is trying to do, and and running this back with the same group minus a couple of pieces. But I, Draymond, to me, would be a good fit. I just don't think with right now, he will be he'll be in L.A. But it would be. A I good love fit.
2: Draymond. I love the Lakers, but I don't see it.
1: Especially somebody could throw you know throw a fire in. A, in, a, in AD's butt, because uh, he needs that every once in a while. He comes and goes, and I think Draymond would be that guy to kind of spark that, but I, I don't see it with this group. I think Polink is set on, hey, we made it to the conference finals with this group, let's see what we can do. I don't see Harden going to the bench. He's, he's going to, He's going to want to be the number one option.
2: The Knicks ain't going to work out, though. That's not a good fit, right?
1: No, I mean, you got Jalen Brunson there, uh, unless Julius Randle is gone. Um, But you got Brunson, you got Randle. You got some young pieces in New York. I I don't see Harden as that piece to get them over the hump. I mean, they made the conference semifinals last year. Can he be that guy to say, hey, we can push the Knicks past the Bucs and we can push past the Heat? And the Celtics. I don't not in New York. No. No. <laughs> I don't I don't see that happen. But we'll see. Free agency starts tomorrow and we'll see a lot of these guys. See if they're gonna be leaving, staying, or or get waived. We'll find out, we'll find out very, very soon. We'll be interested to see what they do with uh James Hart. I mentioned earlier, great show. We already had two great guests in the four o'clock hour. We still got two more great guests coming up in this five o'clock hour. And we'll let you know in our Draft Town Rundown. These are this afternoon's top sports stories.
0: I'm sure you'll be fascinated by all the uh, stories you have to tell. This is today's Drive Home Headlines.
1: Well, the first one, and I was going to mention that at the top of the show, and it just came over the wire, two former standouts in our area for baseball have made the college national team, both playing in Virginia, Griffith Farrell, who played at St. Christopher, and Jay Wolfolk, 2 sports star at Benedictine, have both made the collegiate national team roster. USA Baseball announced that today. They are one of six programs, speaking of UVA, to have two representatives on the 31-man roster. So congratulations to old Griff O'Farrell and Jay Wolfook for making the collegiate national team roster this coming off of their trip to the College World Series in Omaha with the Cavaliers, So kudos to them. Great job for you two guys to make uh, the national team. Now, coming up in just a couple of minutes, we're going to hear from the sports editor from the Richmond Times Dispatch, Michael Phillips, who knows everything Washington commanders. Their camp is right around the corner. Rookies come out July 21st. Veterans report July 25th. Camp starts July 27th in Ashburn. So we'll hear from Michael Phillips about that about the Washington Commanders. And coming up at the bottom of the hour, we will hear from Zach Joaquin. He is uh, from the Richmond Times-Dispatch also. He's also the beat writer for VCU, as well as he also nibbles around high school athletics. I mentioned we we saw each other last night at the VBCA All-Star Game, the baseball All-Star Game at the Diamond, and he was talking a lot about high school football. So we'll kind of pick his brain about that, but also with VCU as the A-10 basketball pairings came out this week we'll touch on that as well so we still got lots to talk about and we want to hear from you the phone lines are open 804-327-0888 join us here on the sports huddle coming up after the break we'll talk washington commanders with the beat writer and sports editor for the washington commanders and the richmond time dispatch michael phillips as you're listening to the sports huddle on espn 1061. America greets
0: the half court shot at the buzzer that wins it all college football's rivalry week and walk-off homers that win the game have a safe and happy july 4th holiday from all of us here at 1061 espn richmond
1: all right this sounds like an aj selection wolf mother good call is that it wolf mother good
2: call but i think that's rob that's robert mitchell i'm just playing off them
1: okay but that sounds like you this that sounds like a song that you would just drive home with roll down the window let that hair blow and just listen to this going home is that you yes sir okay i got you i got you good call good call now another good call is the guy who knows everything Washington Commanders. That's Michael Phillips, sports senator of the Richmond Times-Dispatch. He joins us here on the sports huddle. Sean Robertson from CBS 6 here on this Feel Good Thursday. How are you, Michael?
3: There's too much. There's too much to know everything about the Commanders. <laughs> Every time you think you know something, <laughs> something. Something new happened. It's, it's an evolving industry. Son.
1: This is true. But, you know, for once, it's not a whole lot of bad things coming out of Ashley. All right, you jinxed it.
3: Uh, Thank uh, you. I'm Thank sorry. you very I'm sorry. much, buddy. I'm sorry. Wow, wow. My, my bad. My bad.
1: <laughs> but now, I, b- before we talk about them, and this is a rare thing that we really don't really have much to say about them except for July 20th, and we'll get to that in a minute. Yep. The, all of these other players, with the exception of Tony, getting suspended by the league for betting on games please explain to me what they they are thinking that they thought they could get away with this when you go inside the locker room and you see the sign that says no betting no gambling
3: yeah I, I think the players interpreted that to mean no betting on the NFL but it actually means no betting period you right. can't when when you're in the facility you can't bet on anything and uh, those are the rules and whether it's was communication or whatever you, you know the the rules are the rules, and you get you, you know you get the consequences you get for breaking them. I, I, to me, I am intrigued by this shot. Okay, we have had a lot of NFL players get suspended over the past few weeks. Yep, for for gambling, we have not had a lot of NBA, NHL, you name your sport players get get suspended. Are NFL players gambling more, or are they just getting caught more? Because uh, I I'm intrigued by
1: that. That's a good point. That's a good point. And I was going to say, you know, a few of them are coming from Detroit and Indianapolis. We've seen multiple players from those organizations get caught and be suspended either for six, a year, or now indefinite. So what is that saying about those two specifically, that they're being caught and now they're paying the price for it?
3: Yeah, no question. You know, it's the the year-long one, I – you know, it's an evolving thing that the, the sixth game is other sports, I think, and the year is NFL games. You know, how, however that breaks down it is what I've heard. I, I don't know that that's uh, been proven as fact yet. But, yeah, it, it seems to maybe be contagious in locker rooms. I, I don't know. If I were Ron Rivera, I would devote an hour to that, you know, just just right out of the gate. Hey, knucklehead, here is the rule. They catch you for breaking the rule. Keep keep it in your pocket until you get home, uh, you know, like a they're not playing around here. We now have a pretty good body of evidence that if you do it, you're going to get caught and you're going to miss time and it's going to cost you a lot of money. Um, you know, whatever you're feeling about the guys who get caught this year, the guys who get caught next year, we will have zero sympathy in any way for because everybody knows the rules now. And it's been very public for a very long time.
1: And one thing we know about head coach Ron Rivera, if that's an issue that he is strongly for, he will let you know about it. We we remember <laughs> that yeah. we remember that with covid uh the uh, what was it 21 when they were the last year in, in in Richmond and a few of the guys weren't uh vaccinated and he made it known. I think it was one of his early first press conferences there he was he expressed his disappointment but he said he really couldn't do much. If it's something he feels strongly about, he's going to let it be known publicly
3: he's not a shy person. Um it, it's not a shy staff right now, Sean, uh, because Eric Bienemy, he's uh he's got a little vocalness to him as well. Uh he he's not afraid to make himself heard either. So it's uh it's these are gonna be some fascinating training camp practices. I, I know you'll be up there for a few, uh, you know, hopefully we'll get Bob up there and maybe put a ten up for him to make him feel at home like the good old days. <laughs> uh, I think these are gonna be very enjoyable practices. You got two guys, Ron Rivera and Eric Bienemy. Who are not afraid to speak their mind. They mm-hmm. have to get loud, get in people's faces. And by the way, it is a pretty important year. We got new ownership coming in. You got to prove yourself. It's year four for Rivera. Yep. Uh, if you don't make the playoffs, I think it's the end of the line for him. You got the enemy who couldn't get a head coaching job trying to prove he can do it without Patrick Mahomes. It's in the NFC East. It's the NFC East, and everybody else is loaded. Everybody else loading up for a run in the NFC East. But it's a pressure Pressure cooker of the year.
1: But don't you love it, Michael? I mean, outside of July 20th, and that's a huge date for the NFL and for the commanders, most of the talk is about the stuff on the field, and that's a good thing.
3: It's about time. Uh, we've, 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 had a, we've had a long run of it being the other way, and we've still got milestones here. There's still a Mary Jo White report that's to hear from. we got to do the sale. Um, I think we'll have a lot of stadium talk once, once the sale happens, and, and rightfully so. That's a very big issue right now. Uh, we had the training camp stuff earlier this week, the news that that they're not coming back officially. You know, mm-hmm. I, I had a lot of people say, well, why is that news? I, like, we knew it. Well, we, we did all know it, but now it's written down on a piece of paper, you know. It, it, it's official now, so we can discuss it out in the open. Um, there, there's certainly stuff out there. I think stadium's the one seed to me uh, of non-on-field issues. But, man, Sam Howell, Eric bien uh, you know, if they bring in Kareem Hunt, man, mm-hmm. we, we, we got... We got some players to talk about here: Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson. It's a loaded wide receiver room. You're right; we got plenty to talk about on the field.
1: All right, let's. Oh, speaking with Michael Phillips from the Richmond Times Dispatch, covers the Washington Commanders on a regular basis. Let's first talk about July 20th. That's the date now that the league owners are supposed to meet, and the the, the talk is it's going to be a vote, and is expected to confirm the sale to the new ownership group. Uh, led by Josh Lewis uh, to, and also Magic Johnson, and, and remove Dan Snyder from that. What should we expect on that date, and do you think that could be done before the start of the regular season? I,
3: I, look, I, it, and this is nothing against Magic Johnson, Josh Harris. Uh, both have, have put together a very compelling bid uh, and are very worthy owners of the team. I think the owners would approve a wet paper bag at this point <laughs> over Dan Snyder. I, I think if we went to the meeting, and a wet paper bag was offering to buy the team. I, I think it would. I think it would get at least a twenty-seven to five vote. Uh, you know, I, I look. Everybody's tired of answering for Dan Snyder. It's, mm-hmm. They're 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 sick of it. They're sick of the the controversies. They're sick of not making any money in a super lucrative market that used to just print money. Um, it, 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 again, it, it, nothing against these guys. They're very well qualified. I look forward to seeing what they bring to the table. Uh, but man, like I, I think if Carrot Top showed up and was like, <laughs> "I'm I'm going to buy the team. Here, here's a check." Everybody, like, yeah, sure. You're not Dan Snyder. Let's uh, let's get this over with. We got we got a tea time at three. Let's get out of here. I I think it's going to be a very uneventful July twentieth. I think the owners will gather in a room. I think they will approve them. I think they'll give them some handshakes, some slaps on the back. I think they'll keep it moving.
1: And if that's the case, then that starts a new era in Washington and you mentioned one of the big issues that will be discussed once that takes place and that's the stadium where is it going to be will there be a new stadium will it will it be in DC will it be in Maryland there's talk about Virginia who who who's the who's the favorite if if there's a new stadium in place who's the favorite to get the new stadium
3: yeah, so you got three three localities here, and you got three advantages. The Maryland advantage is incumbency; they they own the land, FedEx Field is on Maryland, is willing to help them out rebuild there. Uh, both the owners are from Maryland. Uh, your your two main stakeholders. Um, so so very compelling reasons there for DC. Look, we all love RFK, right? That yep. that's where it should be. Everybody understands that DC has a lot of red tape that comes with it. I think everybody understands that by now as well. The way politics are played in the Capitol, that neighborhood may not want it. Um, it's maybe one of the side stories we're not talking enough about here. That neighborhood may put up a fight over whether this thing gets built or not. But RFK is clearly the fan favorite where everybody wants it. And then you, Virginia. Look, Virginia's advanced, Sean. They're going to bring a whole big pile of money to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that, that's what they do. They land at Amazon headquarters. They, they, you know, work on CIA headquarters. They get what they want. It seems like they want this. They will probably bring the most attractive financial package to the table. Uh, You know what rich people like, Sean? (laughs) Having more money. And Virginia is going to be a place where they can do that. I think I'm installing RFK as the favorite just because everybody understands what that would mean, how important that would be. Uh, But but Virginia nipping at their heels, uh, they'd be 1A and 1B in my mind.
1: As much as I would like to have it in Virginia, you know, selfish reasons is closer, you know, to the station and everything like that. To have it back in that DC area near where RFK is, man, it's, I mean, it's it's it seems like it's the perfect fit. And to me, it seems like if it's too perfect, that means it's not going to happen.
3: <laughs> it's just so logical. Yeah. Everybody wants it, and it makes so much sense. That's uh, it, that is true. Commander's logic, right there. If it, make, if it makes that much sense, obviously, it's not going to happen.
1: Hey, before we let you go, speaking with Michael Phillips from the Richmond Times-Dispatch Sports Editor and covers the commanders on a daily basis, we mentioned about Eric B. And obviously the number one position battle everybody's going to be watching is, again, at quarterback. It's Sam Howell. It's Jacoby Brissett. They all said the right things publicly during minicamp. So did Rivera to a certain degree. Is it basically Howell's job to lose? He's got to fall flat on his face. Not to be the starter, or is that a little? Uh, is it a legitimate shot for Jacoby Brissett to be the starter week one against Arizona?
3: Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I don't think Jacoby Brissett can win the quarterback job at training camp. I don't think there's anything he could do to to win it outright. I, I think Sam Howell would have to lose it, uh, and I consider that unlikely based on on what we've seen from him so far and and, and what he's brought to the table here so far. Um, so I, yeah, I, I think Sam Howell is your Week One starter for sure. Um, I, I think Brissett is a very good, very appealing backup option, um, but I, I just don't see any way where Brissett doesn't get the job or Brissett can get the job without Howell losing at a training camp.
1: And it seems the enemy really likes Howell, given what I've heard in the pressers and things of that nature. it Seems like he he there's something about Howell that he likes.
3: I don't think he's got much of a choice, though. (laughs) (laughs) That's true, too. (laughs) Uh, Maybe he's talking himself into it, too. No, look, Sam Howell's got a lot of talent. He was, uh, as we all point out all the time, was projected as the number one draft pick at one point. Mm -hmm. Overall, uh, you know, a couple years ago, before his fall in North Carolina, my problem at North Carolina, the wheels came off when his offensive line graduated. He didn't have a good line. And, man, I don't see it. I don't think this commander's team has a good offensive line, so he's... He's going to need to dig deep, find a way to overcome that, Uh, but he's certainly got the weapons at wide receiver. He's going to have as fair a chance as you could hope for to get this done.
1: We will see July 27th, first day of camp. Rookies report July 21st. Veterans report on July 25th. Michael Phillips will be there every single day in Ashburn covering the team for training camp for the Richmond, Richmond Times Dispatch. Mike, always good to talk to you, and I will see you up there very soon for training camp.
3: Stay good, my man, and uh, I think you're talking to Zach next. Give, give him my best. That's a prep all-star right there.
1: Absolutely, certainly will. Thank you, man. Michael Phillips from the Richmond Times-Dispatch Sports Center and covers the Washington Commanders. He loves RFK, that sighted RFK. I, I mean, being a, a a longtime Washington Commanders fan, going back to when they were the Redskins, to have that back at RFK, it just seems right. It seems like it's the perfect fit, but it's just probably too perfect, and it won't happen. So we'll see. We'll see what, what happens with that. We got one more guest coming up after the break. We'll hear from Zach Joaquin, who also works for the Richmond Town Dispatch, and he covers VCU hoops as well as high school athletics. We'll hear from him on the other side of the break on the sports huddle.
0: Our sixth straight division crown.
1: Don't miss a moment of their pursuit here on the exclusive
0: home for the Atlanta Braves, 1061 ESPN Richmond.
1: Now, this one, I'm not sure if this is an A.J. cut. I don't know. I dig it, but it ain't mine. That's not yours? Okay. I'm two for two. I didn't think this one was yours. The last one I thought was yours. This is reeling. By you a ration? A ration? A ration?
2: Something. Feels like
1: a rob. Okay. So, <laughs> I got you. I got you. Well, we are uh, continuing our feel-good edition here on the uh, sports huddle on this Thursday now we're going to talk some college basketball we've done high school football we've done soccer we've done the NFL and now we're going to touch base a little bit of VCU basketball and when we talk about VCU basketball we have to talk about Zach Joaquin he is with the Richmond Times Dispatch he is their beat writer he also covers some high school athletics and we got a chance to speak last night at the VBCA all-star game over at the Diamond we were chatting about high school football and then lo and behold Zach you're on the sports huddle
4: sean man you already got me excited for high school football season right around the corner
1: i I had danny earlier had daddy lewis earlier talk about high school football but we're i'm 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 gonna pick your brain a little bit uh before we before i let you go but we got to talk about some vcu because i don't think we've really talked about them in a while before we talk about the pairings of the a10 conference season jacob patrick leaving the program after a couple of weeks, going back to his home country of Germany to play professionally. Uh, your thoughts, were you surprised on his decision to leave the program?
4: I'm certainly surprised at how fast it happened, man. I mean, I think he was only here for a couple of weeks. Um, everything that you're hearing from in and outside of the program is that he got a little homesick. Um, I think that Ryan said the other day, too, that, that his, his uh, grandmother is sick, and so they've had some some family health issues in that regard. So you totally understand and have the best wishes for Jake going back to Germany. But certainly sad because he's a really exciting talent man oh. um, and who had some professional playing experience overseas in Germany. And so I think everyone was excited to see what he was going to be able to contribute to the VCU roster, maybe right off the bat even as an incoming freshman. But it, it, he made the decision to do what's best for him and his family. And I know the VCU program wishes him all the best. Certainly sad to, to see a talent go. But, hey, now they got two open scholarships for, uh, for Ryan to, to continue to kind of move the chessboard around here uh, in the next couple of months, I'd imagine that they're looking at grad transfer options to, to bring in and fill that slot right now.
1: Well, one of them I thought, uh, I, don't, I don't know how close this is to being a reality, but McAllister, who has, uh, hasn't has played in three years due to multiple ACL tears, he went into the portal, but we have not seen a lot of programs go after him. Is there a chance that he returns to VCU, maybe get that opportunity to get on the court and play with Coach Odom?
4: Everything I've heard is is that he's gone and and that he's going to be moving on to another program, but it certainly has dragged out for a while now. I think he entered the portal in late March, even Mm -hmm. before Coach Rhodes left, right? And so he he entered the portal even before the exodus of of former players from uh, from last year who made big contributions to that 8-10 title winning squad. And so we've heard uh, nothing but silence, really, for a couple of months now, and so I, I think it's Totally understandable to be speculative about Jaron's situation, but everything I've heard from inside the program man, is is that he's gone and that that's an open spot right now.
1: We wish him the best. Hopefully somebody does uh, take a flyer on him. Uh, Hard hard luck for him to tear his uh, ACL on three different occasions on both knees, so hopefully he gets an opportunity to play at another institution. Uh, Absolutely. The A-10s released their schedule pairings for the upcoming season. Again, they will play 18 conference games. Looking at VCU, their home-and-homes are with Dayton. So Anthony Grant comes to the Siegel Center. Also Richmond, obviously, uh, with Chris Mooney. St. Bonaventure with a home-and-home. And and St. Louis, they're the home-and-home. So no home-and-home with Davidson. No home-and-home with George Mason. And they get Loyola of Chicago coming to the stew this season. When you saw the pairings, what was your initial thought?
4: We're definitely seeing Dayton and St. Louis. It's always tough in years if you've got to go to one of the other top contenders in the A10 and you don't get the chance to play them on your home floor. So, so first takeaway was just glad that those are home and homes and that they get a shot at both of those teams at the Seagull Center. Uh, my biggest takeaway immediately looking at it was that they don't have to go to Kingston, uh, yeah. And, and yeah, in the last few years, uh, Rhode Island has been a tough opponent for VCU at the Seagull Center and up in Kingston, Rhode Island. Um, but but that place is always tricky to go, and so happy that they don't have to make that trip. I know that that's been a difficult place to win for vcu over the years and being able to just get them at home uh, is certainly positive, but having to go to Davidson on the flip side is tough and not getting a shot at them at home. Davidson seems to always play vcu really tough down there, and so that's going to be a tough assignment but 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 my biggest takeaway yeah was, was St. Louis and Dayton and being able to get uh, both of what's going to be some of the top contenders in the A-10 at the Seagull Center. It's always frustrating in years where you're jockeying for a position and some of those top seeds with a team that you don't get to play on your home floor.
1: And the fact that Duquesne comes to the stew after last year when we saw a little showboat at the end of the game (laughs) uh, in Pittsburgh. And, uh, well, that team, (laughs) you know, the team that VCU uh, took up there, is it going to be a little different? So I wonder, you know, will we see, you know, I won't say payback, but a little revenge. But again, this is going to be a totally different team than the one that went up to Pittsburgh uh, last year.
4: Absolutely, you, you, I think for the fan base, more it might be a matter of revenge, much yeah. more so than it is for the players, right? Because you got very few guys who played in that game last year. Very few guys who probably on this team now who know Jimmy Clark and his own, you know, in his own history with the VCU program. Yep. And so I think that, that that's where some of that showboating came from last year at Duquesne. I think that um. Yeah, not the payback from the players' standpoint. I don't think is how they're going to look at it. It'll probably just be another conference game for them, but albeit a tough one with some really talented guys on that Duquesne roster. I'm sure the BCU fan base uh, will be will be up in arms for that matchup, though.
1: Zach Joaquin from the RTD joining us here on the uh, Sports Huddle. We really haven't talked a lot about this new look vc roster it's been a couple of couple of months since you know all the change has been made on the roster with nelson and also uh uh, uh roosevelt wheeler uh Bamiseel, um especially with Bamasil because this is now going to be his fourth program this is not a lock that he's going to be eligible to play uh what are you hearing about Bamasil and his eligibility for this upcoming year
4: Man, he's he's certainly been around a lot. My impression is that he's going to be eligible. I, I, I don't know that for sure, but I know that the NCAA has been pretty lenient about granting waivers when it comes to coaching changes. Mm-hmm. And even though he's gone G-Dub to, to Oklahoma and, and uh, started at Virginia Tech, right. both of his departures from Tech and George Washington were amid coaching change. The coaches who recruited him to those two places immediately left, I think, the summer after mm-hmm. he arrived there. And so I think that for both of those transfers, they don't necessarily count against the limit. And then coming back to go to BCU, they've been pretty lenient about their returning home to play waivers too, right? And not counting that against the kids transfers. And so I think between the coaching change that he's seen at his different stops and the new destination, my impression is that, is that he's going to be eligible.
1: What are you hearing as far as from the, the hardcore Ram nation fans about this group and the style of play that will be seen because this is not going to be a, I guess, a traditional VCU look that we've seen really since Shaka was here.
4: It's, it's certainly not. I mean, it's not havoc of, of the old days. It's going to be a different brand of basketball. A lot of people have thrown around the, the European term, right, that, that Ryan used in his introductory press conference. Um, but I do think that it's a mistake to think that this isn't going to be a hard-nosed defensive team. Um, Ryan's UMBC teams were strong defensive teams. Um, and he's recruited different profiles of athletes, right, between UMBC and Utah State, and I think that with the athletes that he's able to recruit at BCU, um, and and the length and the and the uh, defensive disruptiveness that he's going to be able to incorporate into this roster, this is going to be a strong defensive team. Are they going to pick up full court and and try and push the pace a lot, and and you know like the briante Weber teams when he was setting, you know, getting close to setting NCAA steals records, it's certainly not going to be that brand of basketball, but this is going to be a good half-court defensive team, I think. And so Havoc's not going by the wayside. It's just not going to be exactly the same. But the reality is that that's tapered off for a matter of years now, right? I mean, Will Wade's teams and Mike Rhodes' teams did not play the traditional Havoc brand that that Shaka's teams played. They all kind of had their own spin on it. Mm -hmm. Um, And and Mike's teams didn't pick up full court that much. And so I, I think that it's been a gradual taper from From that, and Havoc is always going to be kind of synonymous with the VCU program because uh, of how famous the Final Four run is and how famous the Shock of Smart era is and the coaching tree, right? I mean, that's the the big question mark that a lot of people have is Ryan is the first departure from that Shock of coaching tree. It's going to be different. I still think this is going to be a really strong defensive team with the athletes that Ryan has been able to recruit. I just don't think they're going to be picking up full court a lot and, you know, playing an 11 man rotation. Like we talked about Rhodes' army in years past. I'm not sure that's going to be the case here. I think the rotation will be a little bit shorter, and they're not going to play at quite the pace. But I think that they might actually push the pace more offensively rather than on the defensive side, right? This is a VCU program that in recent years lived off of live ball turnovers. We all know that the Siegel Center is at its loudest, not just when VCU is playing well, but when they're creating live ball turnovers and feeding off of defensive plays like that. I think of – the Weber Weber diving on the floor for loose balls and everything and and, and that kind of culture that was synonymous with D.C.U. basketball is going to be different. But I think it's a mistake to think that this team isn't going to be strong defensively. And I think it's a mistake to think that this team isn't going to play fast offensively because they're definitely going to try and push the ball and look for good shots early in the shot clock.
1: I'm looking forward to it. I think the first game is supposedly against McNeese State, and that would have been another... <laughs> Trip to the stew for Will Wade, but of course he's suspended by the NCAA for ten games, so he won't be able to come uh, to that game. So I think a few Ram fans are going to be disappointed that Wade will not be on the sideline for that game.
3: They'll be
4: disappointed. The loudest that I've heard the Siegel Center man was was Will's return and Chaka's return, oh, yeah. right when yeah. LSU and Texas both came back. That's the loudest I've ever heard the Siegel Center. Personally, those environments were wild. But, but Sean, I'm just here for the FBI costumes
1: from
4: that group of guys, that, right, that sits in the corner yeah. right there on the baseline. They're right the behind
1: me. Desk. Yeah.
4: I, I hope those will still be there, regardless of the fact that Will won't be on the sideline. They might.
1: They might. But, you know, of course, it's going to be a little different without Wade kind of playing off of them. And he even said that in the press conference. He said it was good to actually see those guys because they were, they were good to him, and Wade was good to, to, to us in the media. So, you know, unfortunately, he, was- he, he did that or he was, you know, you know, but, you know, he's he's still a good guy. I, I still have got some respect for him. Uh, I'm glad you
4: brought that up because I was a, I was a student journalist man at the Commonwealth Times during Will's yeah. tenure. And, yeah, everything that happened afterward aside, he was always very nice to, to local media and even to student media. When we were requesting interviews and stuff like that. Always had a great deal of respect for him in that regard.
1: No question. No question. Hey, before I let you go, this is uh, Zach Joaquin from the RTD love high school football and high school athletics Mm -hmm. as a whole. What are you most excited about for this upcoming high school football season?
4: Man, we got both All-Metro Players of the Year coming back. Christian Martin at Highland Springs and Harry Dalton at Dinwiddie. I think that with, with how much those programs dominated the local scene and the state last year, obviously both winning state titles, I think you have to start there with the feeling that those teams have, not only to be elite locally, but to be elite nationally. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know that you've talked to Lauren Johnson about this, and and we've talked to Billy Mills about this, and their desire to kind of take those programs that to that next step of competing. You know, against some of the best programs in other states, and Highland Springs did it last year, and Dinwiddie is is kind of in that process of trying to do it. So I, I think that's where I'd start. Is all the talent that we've got coming back, some of the area's best players, Makai Byerson, at Manchester is another one that comes to mind. He's set to commit on Friday yep. uh, at Manchester in the afternoon. Incredible talent that I've had a lot of fun watching over the years. So much young talent coming back, but particularly on those Highland Springs and Didwoody teams that have a chance to not only be among the best in Virginia, but I think be uh, be among the best in the country and compete with some of the best teams in other states.
1: The co-metro players of the year and state players of the year in their respective classes, Martin in five and Dalton in four. And you mentioned Byerson. I would not count out West Virginia as a team to possibly get Byerson. His dad, if everybody knows, Brad Byerson started his collegiate career at West Virginia before he transferred to Virginia Union to finish playing basketball. And he is a two-sport star, football and basketball. Will you be there tomorrow?
4: At, at Manchester, yes, I will. I've been, man, I've been texting with Tom Hall, the coach over there, who's, as you know, one, of the, oh, one yeah. of the best in the area to local media and incredibly helpful. And, man, he can coach them up in the trenches. No question. On the offensive and defensive line, they're always so tough. And I think that Makai, I'm sure, would say this can credit a lot of his development to Tom Hall and the guys over at Manchester in the trenches because they coach him up as well as anybody in the area.
1: Well, thanks, Zach, for uh, for joining us here on the Sports Huddle, And I will see you over at Manchester tomorrow to find out where Makai Byerson will commit to uh, for the fall of next year.
4: Sean, you're the man. Thank you so much for having me on. I'll see you tomorrow.
1: All right, Zach. Thanks so much, man. Zach Joaquin from the RTD. Catch all of his stuff about VCU athletics and also for the high school sports scene. He's going to be all over the place uh, this fall and winter covering the sports scene here at Richmond. One more break, and then we'll wrap it up here on 1061 ESPN, the sports huddle, on a feel-good Thursday. Juan, we got 30 all seconds, things. Bruce. Go ahead.
3: Oh, that's right. okay. Hey, Sean. Hey, man. I didn't have a lot to say other than we'll see what happens in 76ers land uh, next year. And I'm glad to hear you transitioning already to high school sports. I think it's good. And I will be remiss if I did not say anything about the Cincinnati Reds likely playing the best ball in the MLB at present. I know there are other teams with longer winning streaks such as the Atlanta Braves but the Cincinnati Reds is a young star that's a playing great baseball enjoyed them at Oriole Stadium last
1: night. They are they are fun to watch. They are fun to watch Bruce. That, that series with Atlanta and like I said the series with Baltimore they are, they're getting those nat- national attention and I think they'll be fun to watch moving forward uh, into the second half of the season. Thanks for Bruce with the call there. I want to thank our guests today, Danny Lewis from the virginiapreps.com, Darren Swatsky, the head coach of the Richmond Kickers, Michael Phillips, and Zach Joaquin from the Richmond Times-Dispatch. Thanks to Bob for giving me the opportunity to be in the high chair uh, this evening for the sports huddle. Thanks to the duo, Behind the Glass, producing our show and giving us their insight about the NBA. Still wondering about that, uh, that uh, uh, James Harden to what do you say? Golden State, and, and and the Bucks. Bucks sound better. Golden State. I don't think that's going to happen. Thank you guys for listening today. I'm Sean Robertson with CBS six. Join me tomorrow on CBS six at six and eleven. I believe Bob is back tomorrow for the sports huddle. Is that right, AJ?
2: If not, I'm going to him. Okay. You're definitely ju- back.
1: Join us tomorrow. <laughs> join Bob tomorrow on the Sports Sports Huddle right here on 106.1 ESPN Radio.